Good afternoon and happy Lord's Day. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today reading 2 Corinthians chapter 6 in the NLT. But you know what time it is, first and always we pray. Dear Lord, love you. Love your word. Thank you for church. Thank you for a great pastor. Thank you for great people in the church. Thank you for teaching. Thank you for communion. Lord, help us to just go higher, Lord, because when we have you, we have infinity. We'll never be bored. We'll never be bored. And we'll never, ever grow stale. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for him sitting at your right hand, Lord, pleading, ever pleading for us, putting his spirit into us, dying for us, and giving us a new heart and a new blood transfusion so that we might live again. We were dead in our sins as the pastor preached today from Ephesians 2. And now we live forevermore in real time spiritually because we live in heaven with you now. Bless us as we read your words, spiritual people, different people, not humans, but above humans, Lord. In your spirit, I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Yes, part of that new uh, race of people, as Theodore Sturgeon wrote, baby is three. He said, homo gestalt. We're all part of God's mind, yet we have our minds too. We are part of homo gestalt. Homo sapiens, they just fight, bicker, and argue. They're individuals, and individuals can never, ever achieve unity for too long. But we are part of a new race, a spiritual race, a Holy Spirit-infused race. Let's read God's Word. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe it's a different, it's the right time is for each and every one of us. You know, you go through life, you hear this, you say, ah, it doesn't fizz on you, I don't care. Personal relationship with Jesus, what does that mean? It sounds tacky and corny. Why do I care? I can do it on my own. And then you get to life and you know what you find out? One guy preached a sermon and he said, you know, all these top people, all these movie stars, and we don't hate movie stars, we don't hate people who have a really good talent. We want them to be successful. We want them to make money. But you know what? They get to the top and you know what they find out? There's nothing there. It's a hollow victory. I would swear that my ex-wife is being really nice to me. Every time I send the money uh, transfer, she says, thank you. She didn't do that before. You know why? I'll tell you why. I've never had this conversation with her. And I always say, you're welcome. And it's not to try to gain a victory over. I don't need to gain a victory over anybody. With Jesus Christ, you always feel fantastic. Jesus is like Speedy Muffler. You always feel like a somebody. I'll tell you why. Because early on when us broke out between our two theologies, you know what she said to me? Do you mind if I divorce you? I was so flabbergasted, I've mentioned this before, I didn't know what to say. And you know what? She achieved her victory. She did what she was going to do. You know, congratulations for you. Time for a slow clap. And you know what you find out? In this world, all the things that you get are kind of hollow. After a while, they, they grow dusty and stale and you think, wow, what did I win there? If I won this great victory, how come I don't feel so good? Because it's just a human thing. In this world, everything grows dusty. Love gets a little cooler. Your wife gets a little older. You get a little older. Somehow all that striving and bickering and arguing and, and trying to fault find and trying to control another human being, it gets tired. It gets old. You run out of energy. You realize, is that really important? But you see, when you achieve God, when you get to God or when God lives in you, you know what? You know what I'm beginning to think? Yeah, you get God, but you know what you get? You get infinity. You get, you get something where you always achieve a level, but there's another level to be achieved. There's another stair to climb. And you go to yourself, wow, I'll never get there. 
But that's good, because if you ever got there, you'd be bored. God is never bored. He knows everything, yet he's never bored. So if you, if you never want to be bored, just go for God, and you never will be. There's, right, there's joy at his right hand forevermore. And it says that's the right time. When's the right time? No time. Eternity. Paul's hardships will live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We are ministers of the new covenant, everybody. No excuses, no exceptions. We all have different talents. We all have different ways of doing things, whether they articulate things or the gift of or uh, the gift of service or standing at the front and just shaking people's hands and just saying, hi, good morning, what a beautiful day, happy Lord's Day, um, sweeping up a little bit. Uh, we all have different talents. We're all ministers because... It's not really what you say, although that's important. It's what you do. Because what you do is more important than what you say. And it's a way of saying through your heart. So the thing is, we are all true ministers of God. Every single person has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Man, membership has its privileges. I feel amazing. I feel fantastic, actually. I don't think I've ever felt this good in my life. It just seems to be getting better and better. I keep thinking to myself, something bad is going to happen to me soon. Because I'm just on a crest right now. I'm just on a freaking crest. I can't even understand it myself. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. I haven't. Not that I'm asking to. It just seems that this man, the more you throw at him, the better he gets. <laughs> He's like cheese and wine. The more stuff that got thrown at this man, the, the nicer he got. He was full of information before, and he was a mean, angry person. And you know what? He just realized he's walk, riding along on his little horse to Damascus. We're going to kill a bunch of Christians and maybe go out for lunch. And he realizes he has an epiphany or Jesus shows up in his head or his mind or right in front of him like, dude, what you doing? Like you're working against God. Okay, you got this zeal for Judaism going on for the Sabbath day and all that sort of stuff. All this information, it's all good, but it's all second. It's a distant second, man. It's like a pinball thing. You know, the guy, there's always a guy up at the front in pinball and those video machines we used to play back at Fairview Mall. There was a guy way up at the, like 1 million points. And then the second guy was like 365, uh, 365 points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like information is a second, all these hermeneutics and opinions and fighting about hell and what exactly you, happens to you when you die and the doctrine of this. I, I'm all for that. I'm all for understanding things very clearly. Even the pastor said, I got Christians in church and we got a great pastor. Man, every, since this guy showed up, I don't know, the Holy Spirit must be following him around. It's like, because I got to count the tithes and offerings. It's like they went up three times. I'm going, this church is on an upswing. Maybe they like this guy. You know, maybe it's the verse in the Bible that says, without the vision, people perish. I mean, he seems like a very nice man, 60 years old, looks very good uh, for his age, uh, doesn't look old at all, doesn't look defeated. Uh, looks like he's really intentional. He loves teaching. Man, I tell you something. There's something going on in this church. My church is in an upswing, man. You should have seen it a year ago. It looked like it was about to flop over and die of extinction like a dodo bird. It's amazing. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, and our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. I guess that's the new commandment. That's the commandments of the new covenant. Love fulfills the law. You do these commandments that Paul just said, patience, kindness, Holy Spirit within us, sincere love, right? 
And you'll just fulfill the law of Moses. You'll be honoring your father and mother. You'll be keeping the Sabbath, whether it's Jesus, whether it's a day, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or Friday or Thursday in the evening, because you're hanging out with people. Every day you hang out in church and worship God in a happy way. You're in Sabbath. You're in Sabbath alignment with God. You're at rest with God. The Lord's day is the Sabbath, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, because when you got Jesus, you got it all. You got it all. Wow, it almost seems so easy, and yet I couldn't see it before. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. The weapons of righteousness, rightness, rightness with God, peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Romans 5, 1 and 2. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. That's what we were talking about in 1 Peter 3 in a Bible study. The lady said, it doesn't matter if my sister and I go at odds against each other. I've been called to love the person irregardless of the intentions. And it's not easy. It's not easy to forgive somebody that's hurt you and they've disrespected you and hurt you. And they didn't even seem to care. It's like, well, why am I supposed to forgive them? Why am I supposed to care about them? They didn't care about me. I totally agree. I totally agree. Only God can 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 take that stuff out of you the, the 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 anger i totally agree you know it's like the world says don't get mad get even and certainly you shouldn't you know if you know somebody's going to hurt you don't put yourself in harm's way don't just say oh well i love everybody no no you have to be intelligent too you have to be intelligent too somebody's hurting you kicking you you know i had a guy in the gym and he said his his wife or used to used to punch him and his, and, and his friend said, dude, you can't let this keep happening. And I think that the, you know, I think one, she did punch him and I don't advocate violence and she put, he punched her back, but they're not married anymore. There should be no violence of spouses against each other. You're hurting somebody, you're hurting your own marriage and yourself. You know, when you sin, you sin against God and you sin against yourself. And you sin against others. Sin is a disconnect of a relationship and whether it's the relationship between you and God, you and another man or another woman or your wife or your kids. And then finally, it's a sin against yourself. You're, you're, ha you're harming your own body, physically or mentally or spiritually. You're putting stuff into your head. You know, um, these, some of these movies are so violent, man. I think some of these movies, it's honestly a teaching tool how to commit crime. It's like this is in the sense of entertainment. Hollywood is the biggest hypocrite at all. They don't care about you or your mental health. They want your money. That's it. That's their job. We all applaud people for doing their job. They're teaching people evil things in movies. I love science fiction movies, but they're teaching people bad words, immoral relationships, sex out of wedlock, how to swear and curse, how to punch people, how not to handle controversy, um, um, prop, how not to handle differences properly. How come everybody in the movie gets into a fight? Man, I tell you something, you get into a fight with a human being, my friend said, don't ever do that. You know what's going to cost you in court. Don't ever touch another human being. If they're punching you or something, try to get away from them. If you have to defend yourself because your life is in danger, but we don't advocate violence here. But honestly, the movies are like, everybody's just fighting and punching and using weapons and shooting. And, and no, I wonder why it's all going wrong in society because society just goes to the movies and that's their Bible teaching. Oh, that's good. Good, good, excellent. We all want to be entertained, but that's not entertainment. That's teaching people to do 
bad things. That's the truth. And everybody knows what the truth is. And that's true. Hollywood is the biggest bunch of hypocrites of all. They don't care a whit about you or what you feel. They're here to make money. Case closed. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have actually been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Everything that happens to this man, he feels the exact opposite, which is good. The more evil you do to him, the more good happens. It's amazing to me. That's truly weird and ironic. I don't want to suffer. I hate suffering. I don't like suffering. I don't like being uncomfortable. But it just seems that maybe, I don't know, it's just you're depending on God more, you're trusting in God more. Sometimes God surrenders you to the devil just so you'll just sit there in the silence and you go, why am I so flippin' unhappy? Maybe I'm unhappy because of the choices I've made. Maybe it's time to say sorry to God and surrender my life to Him. Because I want to be happy. I want to feel happy. Isn't holiness and happiness and health, isn't it all part of the same thing? Isn't it just part of the same? To be holy is to be happy. Maybe maybe being holy, maybe being a nice person is just boring. Oh, I, I don't want to live with this guy. He's too boring. I want to go find that, that Chad. I want to go find that bad boy with the red flags. Good luck with that. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. One, oh dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. Okay, you know, you can't tell everybody everything in your heart. You've got to find out who your friends are, but that's not what he's meaning. He's meaning that they're not listening. They're not submitting their hearts and they're 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 keeping their hearts closed they're not surrendering to the holy spirit no don't surrender somebody who tries to to a human who tries to get your allegiance so they can get money out of you or other things surrender to god the temple of the living god don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness how can light live with darkness what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? And I think team up was also yoked because I remember people said, you know, don't get married. In my former church, don't get married to a Sunday person, right? Don't get married to, oh, we're Christians, but don't get married to a Sunday Christian because they're going to church on the wrong day. Well, you know what? Don't get married to those people that I came from. If you're a Christian, because you will rue the day. Okay, they'll never let it go. A Seventh-day Baptist? I don't know. Seventh-day, I don't know any Seventh-day Baptist people. Uh, they look very, they look just like Baptists, only they go into a building on a Saturday. They look as Christian as I am. They just, we just have a different feeling about Saturday and Sunday. Who cares? I mean, to me, it's not important. It's, it's tiny. It's tiny, miny, tiny. It's, it's a theological grain of salt. It's amazing how people take the tiniest things and they just blow it up. Like they just take the Bible and weaponize it. Oh, I'm 100% right. You're 90% you're right. You're an inferior Christian. Okay. Okay. How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? 
for we are the temple of the living God. Somebody said to me very early on, you know, one of the people in the Bible study that pulled me in, in the bank that I work at, she said to me, I met somebody, he was very handsome, we got married, didn't work out. She said, never marry an unbeliever. If you are a Christian, you're a Bible-toting, Bible-believing, Christ-believing, Christ-grace Christian, do not marry somebody else who is not. You cannot change them. And if they come to church with you because they say they're for God, but it's because they're dating you, you get married and things may change afterwards. Try to find somebody who is like you before you ever get married. They're going to church on their own already. And I don't say it because it's not easy. A guy came in to our church. He had the same name as me, a young guy. And he said, I'm looking for a wife. But he kind of smiled when he said that. So I don't know if he was being serious. He was a young guy. He didn't look like he had a girlfriend. He wasn't an ugly person. My heart went out to the dude. How come you can't find somebody in your church? There's nothing wrong with the way you look. Is it that you just don't like them? They don't like you? You know, it's a lot harder today. Well, I tell you something, you get married, you get divorced, you're like 40-something years old, 50-something years old. Everybody on YouTube says the dating world at 40 and 50 is hell in a handbasket. It ain't easy. Now, I don't know what it is in Christian dating sites. I haven't been on that. Uh, maybe it's easier. I don't know. I, have, I just haven't gotten around to it. Just not quite. I'm not quite there yet. But the world is having a hard, hard, hard time. You can trust me on that. You got lots of YouTube has got lots of strife. War between the sexes, certainly the secular war between the secular sexes, oh yeah. Oh yes, yes. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them. I don't think it's telling us to be snobs. It's just saying don't do the things that they're doing because the things that they're doing show that their hearts are in a different place. They're not believing God. He's not the center of their world and the decisions they make are gonna be bad ones. They're self-centered decisions instead of God-centered, Christ-centered decisions. Don't yoke your life to someone who doesn't want Jesus. You're just playing with fire. If you're serious about God, if you marry somebody and you don't care, and you can, I mean, there's a man in church, he comes to church, his wife doesn't come anymore, doesn't stop him from coming to church, but he's 70 years old and she's like 60 years old or whatever, he was a pastor. He doesn't seem stopped from coming to church, but he comes by himself. I'm, sh I'm sure maybe he doesn't care anymore. Maybe he does care. Maybe when you get married to somebody, you're 25 years old or 30 years old, you want her to come to church with you, or you want him to come to church with you. He doesn't want to come. You, you won't be happy. You'll be like a church widow. You won't be happy. You may get used to it. And it may, it's good if he, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 7, if he wants to stay married to you, if she wants to stay married to you, then that's good. Don't divorce them. But coming to church by yourself, it may not be, always be happy for you. It is what it is. Some people get married, they're unbelievers, then they become a Christian, the other person doesn't. You know, I, I understand that too. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. We are to be a peculiar people. Not snobbish, arrogant, full of ourselves, aloof, circling the wagons and looking inward, but recognize at the same time that, you know, our priorities are different. We're making decisions with God in the middle of the room. The elephant in the room is God our Father. He's there. So's His Son, so's the Bible, so's prayer. They're there. Whether other people see them or not, or like it or not, for you it's there. And you can't ever undo that, because 
Jesus said to them, are you guys going to leave me? And he says, Peter says, pipes up as usually Peter does. Lord, where are we going to go? There's no place else to go. You got the words of life, which is translation in the tomorrow Christianese, which means, Lord, we've come this far with you. I know you're real. I can't go back. I can't go back to the life I had before. I wish I could sometimes. Some parts of it were happier. Some parts of it were not, but some parts were happier. I can't go back. I can't watch the same movies and have the same priorities I did before. It's just boring. It's boring. It's, it doesn't feed me anymore. Not that it ever really did, but now I know it doesn't feed me. I know it doesn't feed me. It's just boring. Some of these movies that I used to think about were so amazing. They're just the same old, same old stuff. Uh, Hero gets a uh, girl, not really. Um, Hero gets beat up, uh, a lot of fights, a lot of bickering. At the end of the day, the hero wins, but the whole city is smoldering. And nobody lives happily ever after anymore. <laughs> Good luck with that. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father. Wow. Our heavenly father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our heavenly father. Our father is about sons and daughters. It's about men and women. It's about connection. It's about being homo gestalt not homo sapiens, homo gestalt, one in Christ and Christ in all. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. I love it. Sign me up. I'm there. God bless. Mm -hmm.